0: Right now we are working on figuring out a custom scent for the salon, like a signature scent. And I was inspired by Andrea of Gilded Salon in Tampa, who is, um, an amazing salon owner. If you're not following her, um, she's Andrea Gilded on Instagram and just her stuff is just beautiful, phenomenal. And I'm so inspired by her all the time. She's a dream to work with as well, but it's, it is, um, It's been so funny picking out the scents, and, and even how I presented this as like, Hey, we're picking out a custom scent and we want to incorporate the things that we're being known for and all of that. Like there have been some conversations where everyone has opinions right in the salon, but yet ultimately this will be my opinion that makes the final decision. I'll, I'll weigh all the votes and all the things, but ultimately it's representing my brand. And so That's not a hard conversation to have, but it's a conversation to be prepared for and to be well thought out before I just go, oh my gosh, we're picking candle scents. Like everybody smell, you know, like I had to direct to you know, this is why we're doing it. This is the benefit to the salon. This is what the goal is in mind. Like we're working on all of the senses. We're bringing this in and it's a clean candle, which is really important to me that there's no carcinogens or phthalates and and all these other toxic things that are in most candles, by the way, in case you didn't know that. There's like tons and tons of purpose behind this candle. And so even though that's not a difficult conversation to have, I'm still very prepared for that conversation with my intention as a salon owner. And I think that when it comes to having hard conversations, which is what we're going to talk about today on the full episode, that it's, it's a matter of preparedness and also outcome that we're looking for. But what I've seen a lot of this week and one of the conversations that I was having online a couple weeks ago was about like boundaries and business boundaries. And in terms of business boundaries, like, how do we set them? And for me, a lot of that comes down to your agreement. Now, in my personal opinion, your agreement should be a contract, right? You need to have working agreements between businesses, between individuals, between employees, between whoever you're doing business with. Boundaries and agreements need to be concrete, clear, and most of all written to protect yourself. So it's just been a topic that has come up a lot recently in my mastermind in terms of just content i'm seeing online things people are posting on on threads it's just really apparent and so this is my reminder to anyone listening like if you don't have contracts in place now's the time to put them in place it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you haven't had them before like don't beat yourself up you just really need to get it in place it needs to be it needs to be set in stone and as much as I love business to be fluid and you can change your mind and you can do these things. A contract at least gives you a solid black and white understanding of what is expected. And, and so I, it just blows my mind when businesses don't have contracts because it's like, well, how do you get out of it if there isn't one? Well, there are no rules, but then somebody's going to get screwed, you know? And so business is pretty black and white you know, and I, I wear my checkered shoes. I've never shared this before, but I love those checkered vans. And I love checkered black and white checkered stuff because it's just black and white. It's simple. It's black and white. It's clear. And it's sort of a a trigger reminder for me that I need to be clear, I need to be concise, I need to be black and white in all things that I do, and that expectations and boundaries should be shared. So let's get into how to have a hard conversation and kind of tie that back to contracts and things that, you know, may or may not be coming up for you today, but you save this episode because I promise you that you'll need it eventually. What's up and welcome to the 10 Minute Beauty Business Podcast. I'm Lexi Lomax, your host, salon business coach, and mentor. I'm a salon owner of 17 years, and I am here to share with you my experiences and expertise, my failures and successes, so that you can have fast, effective biz solutions in the salon. Each week, I will bring you inspiring and actionable conversations to help you meet your goals, The 10-Minute Beauty Business Podcast is here to serve you. Now let's get to it. Nobody likes to have an uncomfortable conversation. Nope, nobody. Nobody likes it at all. In fact, I... So I belong to a mastermind and I have a coach always. I totally 1000% believe that coaches need to have coaches and that if you're in business, like the best place to have support is with a coach and in a mastermind. Like I just... It just, it is, it's, it's the best because you learn from the other people. But so we were in, in my mastermind, we're having a conversation, somebody needs to fire somebody and she's like just dreading it. Right. And, and I can tell that she's a little bit maxed out personally. And so this is like, um, the straw that's breaking the camel's back, but also it's just like, it just needs to happen. And so my suggestions are what I'm going to share with you here in this episode, but The main thing to remember is that it's just like we want to get out of the feeling of this is going to be uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable conversation to fire someone or if if it's a hard conversation because you're going to hurt someone's feelings or because there's implications after the conversation that will impact someone's life. Right. Sometimes that's the case. Hiring, firing, firing you know, can't do this anymore. You got to stop like these conversations, whatever they are, hard conversations. My feelings are hurt. You hurt me. This is unacceptable. Like whatever they are, they're uncomfortable. And we want to prepare ourselves in the best way possible so that the conversation is then not uncomfortable, but there's no way to do that. So the first thing that I want to mention is that you just have to accept that it is uncomfortable for everyone. And sometimes the very best stuff, comes out of uncomfortable moments, right? Like that is exactly true. Like we all know that I'm sure every single one of us can think of something in our life that happened where we were uncomfortable and then it got better afterwards, right? You, you went through it and it was better. So that's the very most important piece of Information here in this podcast, I think, but we are going to dive into the exact advice that I gave her. And the first thing was to re- remember that showing up imperfectly is better than not showing up at all. So, like, avoiding it is not going to serve you or them. And, like, you need the growth, right? Like, whatever the thing is that you're asking for or ending or whatever, it's going to be a growth piece for you, not only based on like, your personal experience with having this hard conversation, proving yourself that you can do it, but it also provides whatever you need as the outcome to have the growth. And so you have to value that more than not having the conversation at all and staying stuck where you are. Also, the second thing is really be very clear on what needs to be discussed in conversation. So like if their, you know, wardrobe is not appropriate or following dress code, which can be a really uncomfortable conversation because it's like someone's style. I recently have had to do that. And, and it's, you know, brevity is your friend here, but what do you want to say? Like, let's make sure that we are very clear in the key terms. So if you're like your dress is not professional enough, like outline what professional means to you and be really clear in explaining that when you go for it. And also like, we don't want to be so judgy, right? If there's something that like, if you're just firing somebody, like whatever, I mean, there's judgment there, of course, but we don't want to, to be like, I think this or like you don't do this. Like let's like, if there's, if it's a conversation truly that it, they were looking for growth or something like we want an outcome that's unknown, perhaps like maybe you're going to make some changes in your team and or to the salon and you don't know what those changes should be, but you know, something has to change. Then add some curiosity to it. Like ask questions. Like it, we don't want to have like an argument, right? It's not you did this and I need this or you don't and I do or it's not that, right? It's like, make a clarification, maybe with a question. I want to make sure that I fully understand. Can you explain to me like this? Can we, can you tell me why this happened? And, and I've used that one a lot. Like, can you tell me what your, your protocol is for, or tell me what goes on when you show up to work? Like, tell me what, what you run through when you first get here. Tell me, you know, what, what's your job? Like, explain it back to me. I want to fully understand like your understanding of your job, because if they explain that back to you and they're like, obviously they don't get it, then that's on you. But if they explain it back to you and they tell you exactly what they're supposed to do and they're just not doing it, that's on them. And then we can take action in a more appropriate manner. And then you know what to do next based on that. But if you're like, Hey, you don't do enough when you're here at the salon, like you're the worst receptionist I ever had, which no one would ever say that. Right. But like, you don't take the, the, the trash out often enough. Like that's just assuming that they know how often they need to take the trash out. Right. So that comes back to defining the key terms. And then also adding that curiosity, like, do you know how often you're supposed to take the trash out, but also not saying it like that. It's like, tell me about how often we're supposed to take the trash out or tell me how often like, and guys, like, I'm sorry, that seems like a really dumb thing to have to do. I get that, but that's my life sometimes. I know you've been there. If you have employees, like some of the the simplest things are not that simple for everyone. And it just depends on, on a lot of things. Like it depends on a whole lot of things. Additionally, I like, you don't have to talk to fill the space, even though it's uncomfortable, like give yourself time to think and give them time to think. So if I'm like, Can you explain to me, you know, what you do when you come in the salon first thing in the morning or what your role is? Like, explain to me what your job is here. Explain to me like the importance of the front desk. And then they're like quiet. I don't need to keep talking and say, and like explain it a different way. Like allow the silence to be there for them to think, formulate their opinion, idea, like work it out. Sometimes people like, I mean, this is awful, but Sometimes they cry in uncomfortable conversations or hard conversations and it can make you more uncomfortable, but like you don't have to like talk to fill the silence. Like give them a minute and they'll get they'll figure it out and then you can make your move. But sometimes like silence to process is better than speaking just to speak, right? And maybe they need to think something through, or maybe you're like, okay, now I'm stopping. I'm gonna process what they've said before they took that pause so that I can respond better. There's nothing worse than like just rattling off and not actually listening. I know that, uh, you know, sometimes we all have probably done that, but it, it is, it's nice to allow the silence to just be the silence. If things go south and you feel like you need to like defend yourself in any way, like just really try to encourage that pause, right? Lip pause. Uh, that's a, a thing when you're trying to tr- sleep train your baby, the they say to just wait, right? Just wait, just wait, just wait, right? Like, don't get defensive, like, give yourself a minute and say, all right, is this my ego? Am I afraid of something right now? Like, what's going on? What is my outcome that I want originally from this conversation? And, and sometimes we project our own stuff. And like, Maybe they're projecting their stuff or fear that they are going to be fired or fear that they didn't do something well enough or that they're not good enough. Or maybe it comes from who knows where in their life. And then they're coming back at you because you're an authority figure having this hard conversation, right? So just give everybody space if, if whether they're getting defensive or you're getting defensive. One thing that I love to do, if, if, There is that like heightened energy happening, is just say, okay, like, hey, we can pause for a second and just come back. Like, do you want a minute to kind of work through this? And I would much rather have this conversation when we're both like really, um, in, in a a calm manner. And honestly, that can really piss people off, but. It's protecting myself. It's honoring my own capacity. It's it's honoring my personal expectations and the business expectations I have for myself as a leader. And so if it's getting hot and I know that I'm gonna be like, well F you too then, right? Like which please help me. That better not ever happen. But you know, like I can I tell you that there have been only a few moments in my career where I have wanted to, but I did not use the F word speaking with someone because it just doesn't it doesn't that's not in alignment with who I am, right? I really try. I definitely say the effort, but I really not that often though. I really try not to, but you know how that feels. Like if somebody goes there, you want to meet them in that energy. And what we want to do in these, in these conversations is bring it down. We want to control ourselves and the energy of the conversation so that like that frustration doesn't create more issues. And that, so you maintain your control And when we have these conversations, we want to make sure that we find something in there that we agree with them on. Like, yes, you do a really great job at XYZ. Like, this is really important. I'm so glad that you you agree on this, like that we agree on that. So find some some similarities or perspectives or something that is the same between you because maybe you want the same thing, right? Like maybe you're not firing somebody, but they just really need more growth. So like, let's figure out, or maybe they need more practice or more experience, but like, they do want to be a top stylist. They do want to grow into, you know, salon manager, or they do want, I don't know, whatever, but like go, come back to that, find that because maybe they just have a different way of going about it than you do. And once you understand that, then you can help them either channel it to be more in alignment with what you're asking for, or potentially, you know, then it's a huge conflict and you recognize that there, but at least you can find that similarity to move forward in the conversation and keep things mellow. I also like this in terms of repeating back to the person, like, okay, so what I'm hearing and tell me if I'm wrong, give them, invite them. To be able to, you know, tell you that that's not what they said or that's not what they meant. And like, please don't do this in a passive aggressive, condescending way. Like you always will move with integrity, right? Like I don't need to tell you that you know that. but it it's important that we just remind ourselves occasionally, but like, hey, I just want to make sure that I understood what you said. Let me know if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing is bloody, bloody blah, blah, blah. And I know that's kind of like a a therapy kind of, move but it really helps because then you're repeating it back so that you're not making another judgment or another you know decision based on something that maybe is it maybe they're not a good communicator or maybe there's something else going on or maybe they're like okay well that is what i said but it's not what i mean you know that sort of stuff happens and also no one it needs to like go right like no one it needs to be over And that's, and that's fine too. Like if we need to take it, take a break and say, all right, we're done. Like, let's not, um, if the person is like getting crazy, then you remove yourself, right? Like there are moments of that where if they're making you feel small or just like not listening to you or getting too heated, you can just say, you know, I think that we should probably revisit this because I'm not feeling like this is going anywhere. We must revisit it because we, we do have to come to some sort of conclusion here, but we're done for now right? Or I'm done. I'm going to remove myself from this conversation because it's just not, it's not working for me, right? I used to have this stylist that anytime I would come over and like try to have a conversation with her or ask for some time to have a conversation she would literally walk away because she didn't want to have the conversation that's not what I'm talking about right like you can't avoid hard conversations but don't walk away when it starts to get uncomfortable but just you know if it's getting to a place where you're losing it and it's not like the conversation now is going to be you know, have a negative outcome, then just say, let's table this for now. Like, we don't have to come up with a conclusion right now. The The thing about hard conversations is sometimes they're between two people and one person is in a position of power and one isn't, or a position of authority. But sometimes it's, you know, hard conversations in the salon between staff members. Like, whose stuff is this that got left out? Or who, like, did, hey, you used my curling iron and you returned it and it was broken. Like, that's super lame, right? Like, just the conversation doesn't have to be like between just a boss figure or authority figure. It can be between anyone. And frankly, these tips also would work in your life. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then lastly, remember that sometimes the conversation, the hard conversation needs to come from yourself first. So like, why are you mad about this thing? Why does this thing need to be corrected? Is there something that you could do to correct it so that it doesn't need to be a conversation ever again? And is there responsibility that you need to take? And this is something you need to do probably in the beginning of the conversation. And a lot of times I will say, Hey, like I want to take full responsibility that I didn't come to you sooner on this, that I don't think that we've trained you well enough on this, that I don't think blah, 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 whatever. Right. Like we can address and take responsibility for whatever it is. Like no matter what your opinions are and what the outcome is that you want, like you are a part of this problem one way or another, like you, well, perhaps I should say like in terms of an employment standpoint, yes, because you either hired the person, trained them or didn't train them well enough, or you've allowed this thing, like, you know, this, this is somehow on you. So you have to take some responsibility and, and you don't want to be, um, you know, terrible and be like, I'm going to take responsibility that I don't think you're the right person for this job. I mean, ultimately that can be your conclusion, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't lead with that perhaps, but maybe you're making changes to your team and you're like, okay, so we're going to shift or changes to the the overall thing of your salon, the overall plan, the overall um, format of your business. So you're like, Hey, I'm going to take responsibility that this is something that I've let go too long and now I'm coming at it from an emotional place. So I really am going to try and, and mitigate that by just sharing the facts with you here. And then I'm open to listen right? That's fine too. Because I know recently there's been a lot of chat online and I've been sharing a lot about contracts and, and just having clear expectations from the beginning and clear agreements with anyone that you're working with in the salon from the very beginning. And, and I recognize there's so many salons that don't have contracts and don't have agreements. And it's really something that we can lean into in order to improve our workplace. There is a reason why HR departments exist in big corporations and even some small ones as well. So I encourage you to make sure if you are a leader and if you are having, you know, uh, any type of agreement set forth in your business, they you do it in writing, that you do it with legal as your backbone, right? Like know what the laws are, make sure you honor them and also just make sure your agreements are crystal clear. Like, what is it that you want? Is it in, you know, in our contracts, we have multiple pages, we have a formal lease agreement, and then we have our core values. We have an insurance piece we have. I mean, there's just multiple pieces of our contract. There's like a team and culture piece that they have to sign. I mean, there's just a lot to it. And it's important to me that all of those things are addressed in the beginning because then I'm not upset. Like, I'm just like, okay, well, you knew what it was like, and you just didn't do it or, or do you like it and you just forgot or, you know, it, it makes everything so easy. It makes it all very black and white, which I love. And it, it helps to, to be able to say like, okay, well now we can move into growth because we've done X, Y, and Z. We have these things outlined. We know what's coming next. It's not like, what's she going to do? Like our rent is going to be raised every year in the summer every year, like in between three and 5%, depending on cost of living and all these other things. And it's outlined in my contract. I have some wiggle room. Like it will happen in the months, June, July, or August every year. And it will be between three to 5%. And it's just standard. You just know it's going to happen because it's not scary if you know, in the beginning and nobody had a problem with it. Everybody's cool. They know like it's part of it. They signed it. It's not a big deal. But, you know, what would be a big deal is if I didn't tell anybody that we were going to have a rent raise and then I raised the rent forty five dollars a week and they weren't expecting it and they didn't know that was going to happen. And that was way more like that was, you know, I don't know, whatever some crazy high percentage like that would not be cool. People be like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? Like, I didn't know. Like, you know, so no matter what hard conversation you're having, I hope that you will lean on whatever the agreement was in the beginning. And if you don't have agreements in place and you don't have to have a hard conversation today, then you know what? You just sit down and say, what agreements do I have in place? And what contracts do I need to create? And what You know, and, and if you are someone that wouldn't make the contract, but you would be a part of a contract, maybe this is important for you to figure out like where you stand and, and what that looks like for you if things don't go the way that you intended. I think that contracts got a bad rap because people had to sign non-competes, especially like in our industry, um, because it felt like control from a salon owner. And really, in my opinion, it's the opposite. It gives more control to the stylist outside of whatever the base agreement is. Like, this is all you have to do. These are the only things that I can legally ask you to do. And I, and the rest gives you license to, to do your thing, right? Especially in a booth rental salon in in California for me anyways. And so I think that it protects the salon owner, but it also gives more control to know exactly what you have control over, right? Like it just everything is so much clearer when we have all of the pieces of the board game and the instructions in order to play the game i'm gonna spill the tea the tiniest bit right here so i'll give you an example i have ironclad rental contracts i have really great contracts and i've spent a lot of money with my attorney joseph c he's the he's the man and he He's so funny. He has a saying, and he says, "The more familial things are, the more you get effed." Right? And he he's right. The more familial things are, the more things are totally royally effed up. Because, like, if you're friendly about it, if it's cool, if it's just like a little here and there, like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like we'll work on that later. Whatever. All those things. So I have ironclad contracts. I've always had a pretty solid contract. My first contract, I did not use an attorney, but my mom was a paralegal back in the day. And so that's okay. We, she and I made it and it it was, it was fine. It worked. And I had to lean on it big time when I asked a specific renter to leave. And I think I've maybe hinted at this story a couple of times here on the podcast, but it is in, it was insane. It was freaking insane. I was worried for my own personal safety. I thought my key was my car was going to get keyed. I thought she was going to come like hack me up into a million little pieces. Like I just didn't know what was going to happen when I asked her to leave, but I knew that the road was coming to an end. So I had to have this really hard conversation, not necessarily because I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. I was worried about what was going to happen afterwards. Like she had to go, right? Like there was no question that she had to go. And I can't give the details because that I just, it's not appropriate, but literally just think of like the worst thing that you think could happen. And it probably wasn't that bad, but it, it was pretty bad. And it was absolutely not tolerable in my eyes or any of the other people that I work with. And it did not meet our core values, like all of these things, but I'm so grateful that this happened ish because I learned so much from this. Well, so I had to have a hard conversation. I took my contract. I did all the things like I went and we line items, like, this is why you're at, I'm asking you to leave, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, And in my contract, like we have a, just for any reason I can ask you to leave kind of clause. And so I didn't have to give specifics, which was really great. But like, I mean, I could have went on and on and on. I could have written her like a dictionary worth of reasons, but I did have proof. I had all the things I followed the letter of the law. I go to have this hard conversation and I'm like all ready for her to be like a ball of freaking fire and like knives flying. Right. She crumbles she absolutely crumbles and so like you just never know what's gonna happen when you go to have a hard conversation the main thing is that you just are prepared and you know what the outcome is now did she come out of it and turn into her true self yeah she did but it, it worked out like sort of okay it, it worked out sort of okay because there was a mutual respect there that we wanted things to end well that you know like there was no other choice, but I I didn't want to harm her business. And she begrudgingly, I guess, said she didn't want to harm mine, even though she carved an arrow into one of the cabinets with a lock on it with a knife for real, not lying, um, after this conversation. So there's that little bit of tidbit, but I'm just here to say the hard conversation was well worth it. And when you have that gut instinct, you trust it because can I tell you who surfaced on the internet this week in two videos where they have a video of an interaction in another salon and it's gone viral and it is the same woman that is just like You just have to trust your gut instinct and don't wait until it gets so, so bad. If you need to have a hard conversation, you go have that hard conversation. You prepare yourself and you go handle and you do what's best for you, for your business, for your human capacity and for your business Balance, right? This is important for every single aspect of your business. Whether it's a crazy client you don't want to work with or a not so crazy, but just a client that's not super aligned. If it's a wild woman that rents from you, or a stylist that doesn't feel in alignment, if it's like just really look at things and go, is this what's best for my for for me? Is this what's best for my business? And this is where that balancing comes from in honoring your capacity, doing the right thing, doing sometimes the hard thing that isn't the easiest answer but like it's it's the way to go like the easier thing is to let that person stay there and give them another chance or a hundredth chance more, you know, but the right thing to do is to trust your instincts because they're not usually wrong, right? Especially if you've really weighed the options and thought about things from multiple perspectives. And so I won't share the video. I'm not going to tell you who she is and none of those things, but, um, it was wild. And I did send the video to my attorney and I said, remember, you know, this has been gosh, like probably five years ago now, five, six, maybe I said, remember the person that you helped me get rid of. Do you remember this scenario? And, and the attorney was like, Oh my gosh. Anyhow, all of that to say, you need to be prepared for difficult conversations. And in order to be prepared for those difficult conversations, you need to know what the most important thing is that you want to get out of any conversation that you have in the salon. And in order to do so, you have to set your personal priorities, your personal boundaries, and then of course your business priorities and your business boundaries as well into the equation to make sure that everything is not only in alignment but that also you're honoring what's most important and that you're not creating dysfunction in your capacity or in your, you know, day-to-day life as a human and a business owner. Today's 10 minute beauty business tip is about your agreements. So look at any agreements that you have in place and then see what what's going on. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they need adjusting? Do you want to be flexible on something? Do you want to change something? Is there room for flexibility within these agreements? Like what do you have going on and is it serving you or do they need to be updated? So I just invite you to take a little look at what you have going on. I do this every year to make sure that you know, something isn't outdated. I didn't do this in the beginning that often. Cause I was like, oh, my contract is great. And again, the 17 years ago, we actually took payment through, we shared a credit card machine. They didn't have square you guys. Okay. Just, just before your eye roll <laughs> too hard. They, but like we had one big like credit card terminal and they could set up an account and run their cards through our terminal so that they didn't have to buy it. That was a benefit of being there. Cause those things were like 700 bucks way back when. And so like that was in our contract that they could do that, but it didn't in any way implicate that we were taking their money. They just used our machine. Right. That's very important in the state of California that we don't, we don't get in their money as renters. And so that was like super outdated. So we just deleted it, but that was, you know, a long time ago, that was the thing, but then it was like, Oh, that can definitely go. And so Just that kind of stuff. Like, even if it's not that you're going to have to go then have a hard conversation about these things, it's just like, what? where are we, where are our expectations and where does this all fall into alignment with the balancing of it all in our business? Because when it comes to balancing all the things in our business, it's not just you as the human and your expectations, plus the business expectations and boundaries and needs. There's more to it than that. I mean, there are literally five different areas of your business that I think need to be balanced at any given time in the beauty industry. And and so when we dive into that, you can say, all right, this is a really important portion of that. This is good. Check, good. That one's all right. We don't have to come back to that for a little bit. When we move into the others and we can work through that whole flow in order to create a more seamless effect when doing the balancing. Because remember, there is no balanced you're not balanced with a d for very long you can hold it for a minute but it's not going to stay like that forever there's always something that will come along knock you off or a wind will blow and things will shake and change and so that's just life lifing and our businesses need to be prepared at the core in order to truly find the balancing of it all I hope you have a great week. I also hope that you found this conversation helpful. I hope you don't have to have any hard conversations, but if you do, you will be prepared. Remember, it's just uncomfortable. Rip it off like a band-aid. Get to the point. You got this. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I love creating them each week and connecting with you after you listen on Instagram. I really love it when you tag me and share the episode to your stories. It's twofold. It lets me know that you're podcast people so then I can go and do a little friendly stock and drop a love bomb over on your page. And also it shares the show to your followers and your friends and fellow hairdressers, which I totally appreciate because this is a free show and it's difficult to grow the podcast without your help. So thank you much for that. I'll see you on stories and right back here next week.